Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Awesome to be back for NFL Week 9. Johnny and Blaine join me as always. We got the World Series Game 4 on in the background, so we'll be updating you through that. But we're all about football here on this episode this evening. A uh, lot of a lot of great matchups down the line here in Week 9. Uh, Chiefs back in action. Cannot wait to talk about it with the boys. Group message has been on fire today. Some uh, contrasting takes, some uh, likes, some dislikes. Um, but there is one thing in common, a lot of high energy amongst the guys. Let's see how they're doing. A uh, couple or one of us might be under the weather. We'll see how he feels. We'll start with Blaine. Blaine, how are we doing, brother? Not the one under the weather. Doing great. Johnny, take care. Um, fluids tonight, NyQuil again, and podcasting will help. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, talking right. about football is a good cure, huh? Yeah, especially Chiefs football. We're back with Chiefs this week, Sunday night football. Uh, good slate. Good. I, I was saying this in the in the um group message. It's like kind of a mediocre slate, but it's a hundred times better than it was last week. Last week, so it'll be fun. Well, before Johnny goes, we'll uh, we'll start off with a snoozer. We'll talk about here in a second, but um, it, it should pick up. Johnny, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm a lot better than uh, a couple days ago. Uh, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, yesterday, I woke up feeling like really sick. I don't know if that was like actual, you know, cold symptoms or what it was, but I I call it the man flu. Um, I had a weekend of a lot of Boulevard uh, seltzers called Quirks. And not a lot of sleep, and I um, think I picked up a little bug from my kid from daycare. But, uh, yeah, got a lot of sleep last night, and I'm feeling better enough today to do this. You know, we're podcasting hurt, not injured. So we're going to still – we're going to pick things up. We're going to keep going and talk about this slate. And, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a smaller slate because there are six teams on the bye. There were only two last week, right? So six teams on the bye means there's only 13 total games to talk about throughout the weekend. So, um Still some interesting matchups, some big lines, some close games. A lot to get to and happy to be here. Yeah, I love that. I love that coach's talk there from Johnny. He's just hurt, not injured. So get your ass onto the practice field, especially you, Willie Gay. That hamstring better be good. We'll get to that here in a bit. Before we hop into the week nine slate, thank you. Shout out Johnny. This is why I keep him around. We're going to go for our week eight takeaway. Um, and I believe I started last week, so let's start with Johnny. Johnny, you take it away here for your takeaway, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, I could have like a bunch, but I, I, I actually this week and some of the weeks I haven't uh, had as easy of a time finding the one that I want to talk about. Here it is. Uh, Zach Wilson legit sucks. That's my takeaway. And Blaine and I have been tougher on him. Chandler has not been like singing his praises or anything, but he's definitely been like, hey, let's give him a couple more games or maybe just, you know, being more gracious to uh, to Zach Wilson. This guy stinks, and uh, I think Jets know it. They've done everything they can this season when they have gotten wins with him to hide him completely. And when he's when he has had to get involved in the game, like he did uh, against New England, uh, it was a complete joke. Uh, you know, three interceptions. All of them were, I mean, like yeah. high school. Saying high school JV is an understatement on some of these plays from Zach Wilson. But what really gets me is like his demeanor, um, you know, number two overall pick. It just, he just seems like a guy who always got coddled, always got things his way. Like his mom still puts ketchup on his fucking cheeseburger before he eats it and lays out his clothes for him, like at his age right now. So like, I, I, I don't 
look, the, the, the hot moms thing is great and all, but on the football field, this guy stinks. And uh, he had a quote that really got under my skin a little while ago. Um, he said, every time I get out of the pocket, it just gets frustrating to throw the ball away. Uh, that's what I've done the last four weeks to put us in a good position to not turn the ball over and for us to win. And he said, and so I need to be able to keep doing that when something's not there. It gets old getting out and not seeing anything there. And then he goes on to say that it's boring to throw the ball away so many times. Like, dude, you are the quarterback of an NFL team. You cannot just say it's boring to make the smart play because when you're doing the the opposite of boring, you're turning the ball over and costing your team the win. And I know that there's some Jets fans out there, a lot of them that are super passionate about their team. And to have this guy at quarterback is is not great. I'm serious when I say this. If they were to start Joe Flacco the rest of the season, they they would have more success throughout the rest of the season. Blaine, your week eight takeaway? Matt White, maybe like uh, I saw he got moved up to the second string over Flacco. I bet they're legitimately thinking about it. You Put don't just in. make a move from third string to second string out of the blue for whatever reason. Like <laughs> I bet I could see it happen. My takeaway was the New York frauds, but that kind of goes into Zach Wilson with a little bit of the Jets. I said it last week. I said that these New York teams are going to go on a tear of losing multiple games in a row. Happened last week. Both of them lost. And I think it's going to continue to happen, but I'll switch it up a little bit. The Las Vegas frauds. What the fuck was that? That was the worst performance I have seen from a national football team. And so, I mean, with, with the amount you have to win that game, two and five, got you have a run that we talked about on the pod last week to where you can get to the playoffs still. And you go down there and let Kamara destroy you. Your best player has one catch. And now you're done. Season's over in Las Vegas. Put a shoe in it. Denver didn't look very good either. AFC West, just disappointing season. Disappointing season. Yeah, um, and especially because I believe that um, I really went to bat for the Raiders. Actually, I don't believe. I know. I did it. Um, And wow. I mean, I guess if I'm going to be wrong that bad, I'd like for it to be about the Raiders in this instance because it's more fun. It makes me feel like not as bad. But wow, I missed that one. My week eight takeaway is kind of a chalk one, but I think it kind of needs to be addressed a little bit more. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles are really damn good and far and away the best team in the NFC. I don't even think it's close. Um, And really what it comes down to, too, is like I I don't see where they slip up. I think Blaine maybe have alluded to it uh, last week on the episode, but their remaining schedule, they play the Texans tomorrow night. Commanders at the Colts, Packers, Titans at the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys, Saints, and then at home to finish the year against the Giants. That three game stretch right there on the road with Giants, Bears, and Cowboys might be a little difficult, but these next five weeks, guys, they're not going to lose any of these games, and it starts tomorrow night. Um, they're clicking on all cylinders. They went out and got AJ Brown, and that seems to really be. Uh, proving dividends as him and Jalen Hurts have have figured out the connection. And um, this Philadelphia Eagles team is really good. Now, I will say Jordan Davis left the game last week with injury. I believe they had somebody uh, – maybe their left or right tackle left the game as well with injury. So monitor that. But this Eagles team seems like they are dialed in. Let's, uh, let's jump right into this Eagles team, actually, and let's get into the Week 9 slate, boys. Are we ready? Philadelphia goes to Houston. 
Um, I'd like to spend some time on this game, but I really don't think we need to. Um, I don't see any recipe for Houston to win this game. The only thing about it is that it's a short week at home, but when the teams are this mismatched, I don't really think that matters at all. Um, Philadelphia Eagles minus 13 and a half, and I love it. They were favored big last week against Pittsburgh. Um, and Pittsburgh, in my opinion, is better than Houston. I know it's not saying much, but if you get that many points um, playing Pittsburgh, I think you definitely deserve as many points as the Houston Texans. I will take the Philadelphia Eagles minus 13 and a half and a win. I don't think it's much of a discussion. Blaine, we'll start with you. Yeah, this game is kind of fun. Philly at Houston Thursday night NFL. Houston at Philly Thursday night World Series game. So there's going to be no one there for Houston why would you everybody's at home watching the world series and you know what tickets are like 30 bucks across the house and Houston just got ran over by Derrick Henry they allow the most rushing yards in the NFL and what does Philadelphia like to do establish the run so then they can get the ball with Jalen Hurts down the field to a guy like AJ Brown who was fantastic uh, last week Philly is the right pick but I think I'm gonna go Houston just because it's a short week They'll keep it somewhat close. It might be within 20, but 14, if you get 13 and a half or 14, if it goes to 14, I'm hammering it. 13 and a half, I'll go ahead and I'll still go Houston. I don't think it's a blowout. It's just one of those games. It's just boring. And it's, it stays somewhat close. So, like, Blaine, are you, like, that That doesn't even sound fun. And I know you, are, like, are would you actually put money on that? Like, you would on put 14, money and I, yeah. watch the Texans? Dude, on you 14, have I, balls th- me. I, just, I can't do that. It's This game is so, I mean, I, I really don't think Philly's going to give a shit. I think they're going to go in there and think they're going to boat race them. They're going to be thinking about their World mm-hmm. Series guys and Bryce Harper and all of them. And they're going to be, I, I could see it being kind of just a weird out of it game. And the Texans might play up a little bit and be fine. Because I'm much more inclined in a just a, a just a blanket statement. Like I'm much more inclined to bet somebody on the plus thirteen and a half or fourteen. Like I I don't want to bet minus thirteen and a half just because so many scenarios happen. Like you get up and you coast or you underperform and then you have to press and then some turnovers can happen against these teams that are not as good as you. So I think the play that I like here the most is the under at forty five and a half. I love that. Um, Brandon Cooks is not practicing for personal reasons. I think he fully expected to be traded off of this Texans team, and he he didn't get traded. I saw like a report that Dallas was trying to get him, and and Cooks is upset about that. So maybe Cooks doesn't go in this game. Um, Nico Collins is out in this game. I mean, who who are they going to throw the ball to? So if it's a heavy dose of Damian Pierce, like is Damian Pierce able to put up enough there to get you know this total up to forty six and uh, hit hit the over. I I don't think so. So I I'll ride with with Blaine here. And this doesn't mean like I don't I think Chandler's wrong. But like in a line like this on a short week, I'll go with the dog and take the Texans plus the points here. But the thing that I'm actually going to bet on, other than props, um, is going to be is going to be the under. And guys, uh, two two points that I had here. Um, one on the Texans. This is a terrible football team. A really, a really bad football team. I thought they'd be better than this, but then I was looking at their roster and I was putting my notes together. I don't know anybody on this roster. It's like a, it's like a created team on Madden. Like, huh. I don't know 90% of the names. And, and like you both, I follow this league like so much. I like to know everyone's name. And uh, 
yeah, I don't know anybody on the Texans roster. And then the final thing is on the Eagles, A.J. Brown is amazing. I mean, th- th- this is for as much as the Eagles missed on the Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, they nailed it with A.J. Brown. He's per- he's perfect for their team. Yeah, they made up for a big time. Sunday, November 6th. Crazy to say we are in November, boys, which, by the way, I guess we start tomorrow in November as well, November 3rd. November 6th, Los Angeles Chargers go on the road to take on the Falcons coming off the Chargers, that is, coming off a bye. Um, This is going to be an interesting game. Atlanta gets an emotional divisional win in a game against – Carolina that they probably shouldn't have won because I don't see how Joey Sly missed that field goal. But that's a different topic for a different day. Um, Chargers team, Keenan Allen, I don't believe will be playing. Um, they're minus three at home or excuse me, on the road against Atlanta. And I tend to really like Atlanta here. Uh, they play really well in Atlanta. Um, the Chargers may be a little rusty coming off the bye. No Mike Williams. Sort of like the uh, Texans, not obviously not to as drastic of a scale, but who are they really going to throw the ball to? I mean, Jalen Guyton? I mean, I don't necessarily love it against this Falcons defense who's been kind of scrappy, keeping teams in, keeping their team in games. Uh, give me the Falcons at home plus three. Come on, uh, Johnny. So I would want to bet the Falcons here. And by the way, Chandler, it was Eddie Pinheiro, not Joey Sly, who missed the kicks for Eddie, the Panthers. But I'll, I only, I'm only correcting you because I want to make the point of he – there comes a time when you are too old to have earrings, and Eddie Pinheiro was, like, taking se- selfies of himself on the field, like, with earrings and stuff. He has, like, big diamonds in. And I'm allowed to say that because I went through the early life crisis where I had earrings and was, like, the soccer player – douchebag there comes a time where you have to ditch the earrings and Pinero kicked like an earring wearer uh <laughs> in that game so uh i my brain tells me to bet the chargers minus three here part of that is because i have banished the falcons to hell after back-to-back weeks of being uh, on the fringe johnny Rowe falcons and back-to-back weeks screwing me on the money so i feel like i can't bet them here and all the stuff is saying like, oh, you know, Mike Williams is out. Keenan Allen re-aggravated that hamstring injury. And yes, he is probably not going to play this game. Mariota was not good in that last game. In fact, he threw a horrible pick in overtime of that game. And, and yeah. earlier in the game, earlier in the, earlier in the uh, game, I texted Chandler too. like, does he not realize when he's outside of the pocket and he's about to get sacked, he can just throw the ball away, just throw it out of bounds and not take a 20-yard sack? Anyways, I think Mariota sucks. I think that the Falcons are not very good, and I don't want to bet on them here. So I kind of want to take the Chargers minus three. But I've made it clear, like, I think Brandon Staley is a fake sharp. I think he's a clown. I think this Chargers team is reeling. This could be a total Chargers going to charger spot. But I think the Falcons could outcharger the Chargers, and I'll I'll take the I'll take LA here minus three. Yeah, I'll take LA too. And it just comes back to, I just think the Chargers. Yes, they're four and three. Yes, they've left some things on the table, but it's still the Chargers in that roster versus Atlanta in that roster. I mean, I I, I would be hard pressed to bet the I mean the worst pass defense in the NFL and the Atlanta Falcons. They made P.J. Walker, XFL guy, look like a freaking miracle man 
um, and DJ Moore having some of those games. I know Chandler, <laughs> Johnny just put in there that Chandler looks absolutely disgusted that I'm taking the Chargers. But I mean, I think you'd be dumb to. I think you'd be dumb to to not. Uh, Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, you know, they got some guys that are going to be fine and they're going to be able to throw the ball across the yard. If you're looking for a waiver wire pickup, pick up Palmer. He's going to have 50 plus yards, get you 10 plus points. Um, Chargers with Eckler Herbert, they're going to be fine. Atlanta can't keep up. God, I wish the Chargers were just on a bye every week. My ears are bleeding. At the it's going to be all Eckler, though. Like, it's, they, yeah, they've shown yeah. this. It's going to be – I mean, Eckler's going to – obviously, if you don't start him in fantasy, you're a, a fucking moron. But he's going to get, like, 35-plus points. You just know he is. Which, by the way, no shout-outs on here, but I will give a shout-out. He had an awesome interview on the Ryan Rosillo podcast. I highly recommend you guys listen to that. If you uh, After you get done listening to us, of course, if you want to flip over there to a lesser podcast, be my guest. If you I don't want to take anything, hold on. If you don't want to take anything, though, this could go over by a, a mile. Like, of one game this week, it could be a score fest. Sorry. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Miami goes to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears, the Roquan Smith, Les Bears, and the Bradley Chubb addition Dolphins. A lot of trade happening between these two teams earlier this week. Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith going to the Ravens from the Bears, Bradley Chubb going from the Broncos to the Dolphins, and the Chicago Bears also acquiring Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So a lot of new faces in this matchup. Curious to see how those go. Oh, and excuse me, I forgot one. Jeff Wilson, former 49ers running back, now on the Dolphins as well. Um, this is an interesting matchup given the new faces, but at the end of the day, the Bears are really kind of the same offense and a Roquan Smith-less defense doesn't bode well here for me. They're not necessarily great against the pass. They looked good against the pass against the Patriots. That's because the Patriots are sort of in quarterback hell. Um, I mean, if as the only thing that's going to hold the Dolphins back, in my opinion, is any sort of weather. So, like, if if it's a if it's a good day, I don't know why the Dolphins don't win this game by a touchdown. Weather's good. Or I checked. Okay. Weather's good. Yep. So now that that's uh, solidifies my statement even more, I just think at the end of the day that Miami's too much and um, they're just too much offensively, too much speed. I Dolphins minus five on the road. Um, has a lot of points on the road, but I love it. Um, Tua might also be good, but I don't want to say that out loud. Johnny or Blaine, sorry. No, Joe? you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Tua might also be good too. It's yeah. But the Bears. I don't want to say it out loud. I don't want yeah. to say it out loud, but Tua might be good. Statistically, I was looking at this Bears pass defense is pretty good, but they haven't really played a, a whole lot. And then you lose two of your best defenders against a team that has Tyreek Hill, Jim Waddle, and you know, You'd be you'd be hard pressed to find somebody across the country that's taking the Bears here, in my opinion, just with the way that Miami's feeling the momentum. Um, I don't really have much to say. The weird thing about this game, only only other point, Dolphins opened at three favorites. Now it's a five favorite. What does Vegas know? Why is this a three point to a five point? I feel like it should have opened it more towards seven. I, yeah, probably because Vegas knows that the Bears suck. Like, they, the Bears aren't very good. And I've seen some people like, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Justin Fields is playing better and blah, blah. I mean, is he? Like, he's just running. I don't know if he really is playing better. Like, oh, he played better against the Cowboys. Did he 
17 of 23 for 151 and two. Like, look, I'm going to say some nice stuff about the Bears here real quick. I think they did a good job moving on from the defensive guys, getting an offensive weapon, Chase Claypool, um, who is a, a receiver that they need, right? Darnell Mooney is more of a slender receiver. The rest of their guys, like Velas Jones, is like a 30-year-old rookie. Um, I don't even know if I can name you any more receivers for the Bears. But anyways, like – Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Equiotomous St. Brown. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're making my point for me because Chase Claypool slides in in front of those guys immediately. Um, and they move on from, you know, Cowherd made this point and he's talking about how like the Bears just need to let go of this 1985 Bears defense identity. Like you, you need offense in this league and it's not really going to happen for them like over the top this year, but the Bears are going into next season with over a hundred million dollars in cap space and they have draft picks and they have a new GM and they have this new coach who is a defensive mind, but the Bears need to take some of that money that they've got and they need to go pay for some big boys on the offensive line, like the best left tackle on the market, go get him, go add some more pieces on offense and then draft some players to fill in for your defense. Cause if your head coach can still coach defense, drafted players should do just a fine job in there. So um, having said all of that, Miami is going to win this game and I, the Bears are lucky. Yes. That it's in Chicago, but I think Miami can cover the five points here. So I'll take Miami minus five. Um, this offense in Miami looks great. They haven't lost um, this season with Tua, and they got off to a bad start last game uh, against the Lions. Now the Lions are a pathetic joke. We will unfortunately talk about them later, but um, they were down 14 nothing to the Lions and came back and won. Um, you know, against a, a, a better team, I don't know if they'd be able to do that, but they're not playing a, a very good team this week, so uh, I'll go. I'll go. Dolphins here, and uh, I like what they're doing. I like Mike McDaniel for real. Carolina goes on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, um, a game that involves two teams coming off embarrassing losses, um, really in two different fashions. Cincinnati really got their ass kicked on Monday by the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland lined up and ran the ball down their throat. Nick Chubb had a great day. And Cleveland's defense um, decided they wanted to play, and they kind of shut down this offense. This is a way different offense without Jamar Chase, and I think that's very clear. Now, I will say that was the first game without Jamar, so maybe they, you know, scheme some things up in the, you know, in the upcoming week to um, to get ready for this Carolina Panthers team. And I think better more for the Bengals. Better more. I don't know if that's right, but yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Better for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, great spot for them to bounce back. You lose it to a divisional rival. You're at home. You have Carolina, who is coming off a horrific loss in Atlanta. I'll get to them in a second. But I think it's a great spot for the Bengals. Bengals minus seven at home. I tend to lean that way. Um, I think that seven, though, is really scary without Jamar Chase for some reason in my mind because I think, for some reason, I think that Carolina can keep this game kind of scrappy. But I'll go ahead and take Bengals minus seven. I'll take them to win as well. Because on the Carolina side, in my opinion, real quick, um, they had a chance to be to have a really frisky rest of the year. No expectations, but they were going to be talked about a lot differently, in my opinion, if they win that game on Sunday. And they lose it. And in the way they lose it, they are dead. 
I really think that we can go ahead and say that Carolina is dead for the rest of the year. They might not win another game. That is such a brutal way to lose, especially after you kind of felt like they were going to win after the Hail Mary to DJ Moore, then the pick in overtime, and you still found a way to lose. That is dead to me. Johnny, am I incorrect? No, you're correct, man. That was that's so depressing. Um it was depressing just saying that sentence. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. even involved with that team. <laughs> yeah, like PJ Walker makes the throw of the season, probably. That was one of the best throws I've seen in a long time. He got it even got Mahomes to tweet yeah. about it. Mahomes tweeted about it. I mean it wasn't it wasn't like a desperation Hail Mary. I mean it was a it was a dime. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. It was an absolute dime. And uh, they, I guess I saw some uh, some people analyzing like DJ Moore shouldn't have been flagged because for taking off his helmet because he was te- like he was off of the field like out of bounds. So like how technically if he would have walked to the sideline and been out of bounds and taken his helmet off, it's the same thing being out, out of the back of the end zone. And I get all of that, but like you gotta, I know you're fired up and it's been a tough season, but just leave the lid on. Like, leave the lid on, DJ. Come on. Anyways, that made it like a nearly 50-yard extra point um, for Pinheiro, which he, of course, missed. And then in overtime, he missed like a 33-yarder. Eddie, bro, like, come on, man. Like, help the boys out, you know? and uh, Win the game! Win the game, and he he blew it. So, anyways, yeah, the Panthers are dead. Um, shout out to Blaine for the pick last week. Blaine called it from a mile away on our podcast that Cleveland was going to blow out. I think Blaine said they, they could blow them out um, against the Bengals. And so, uh, yeah, Blaine picked that one. So shout out there. Um, but I actually like this as a get right, get right spot for the Bengals at minus seven. It reminds me of, you know, the Bengals lose their first two games of the season. They're 0 and 2. Week three, they play the Jets. And then they, they, they beat the Jets by like 15 plus. So I think, I think that could happen here, um, and so I'll, I'll I'll definitely take the Bengals uh, minus seven. Let's see if I have any more notes here. Oh yeah, uh, one thing good about the Panthers is that uh, Deontay Foreman had like 100 yards and three touchdowns. Just goes to show you, like we are now. If you're not on this line of thinking yet, I don't know how to help you. Like you don't have to spend high assets on running backs. Like Deontay Foreman is just like a guy who has been hurt. Like he was a really good college player, but like McCaffrey goes away and Hubbard before he got hurt and Foreman just picked up right where he left off. And uh, so, uh, yeah, don't ever spend a high draft pick. Like, I don't know, maybe a first rounder on Clyde Edwards or something. All right, go ahead, Blake. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. It does show three touchdowns for that dude. That I mean, what a, if, if you picked him up a few weeks ago, you are a freaking genius and you're riding it to the playoffs. But um, I'm, I'm not I'm not really wanting to ride Carolina here either. Everything, you know, if, if since he was playing somebody else, I would be all over whoever it was just because Cincinnati's in a bad spot. But when I said that um, Cincinnati was going to blow out Atlanta two weeks ago. Why? Atlanta's pass defense, bad. Pass rush, bad. Carolina, pass defense, bad. Pass rush, bad. That's, I mean, that's a perfect scenario for Joe Burrow, even without um, Jamar Chase, to be able to go out there and throw it across a yard. Seven and a half for a reason, because I think Burrow's going to be fine. Bounce back week, um, as you guys noted, to to get right. I just, 
third least sacks in the NFL. I know you got Brian Burns. He has to be phenomenal, but Carolina just can't get to the quarterback and can't stop Joe Burrow in this one. I'll go Cincinnati at home. Note, I will say this. Bengals offensive line looked really poor Monday night. Now, I really know they, they went against a, a better front, but a guy like Brian Burns can really alter a game. So keep your eye on that. Green Bay travels to Detroit in a game that, guys, this could be the first stinky tag of the week. This game might be stinky. This Packers team right now is in a really difficult position. Um, they lack weapons. Christian Watson got his bell wrong. He looked like he got folded literally in half. He could have stuffed him in a suitcase the way he looked um, on Sunday Night Football against Buffalo. He'll be out. Lazard practiced in a limited capacity today. Don't love that. Um, Romeo Dobbs is a good player, but he's your only guy. Um, it, it, it's not good right now in Green Bay. Now, I will say this. I think just like the Bengals – this isn't a horrible get-right spot for the Packers going against a divisional rival who Rodgers has obviously had a lot of success with. But Green Bay minus three and a half, is it, Johnny, or is it three? It's three and a half. I do like the half a little bit more because for some reason, this feels like a like a game-winning field goal from the Packers type of game for me for some reason. I know that goes against kind of the get-right aspect, but – Detroit, decent at home, guys. Goff's numbers at home are, is, is kind of crazy. Now, I will say this. Green Bay's defense did play decently well against Buffalo. A couple big plays here or there, but holding them to 27 points has to feel like a win within the Green Bay defensive locker room, in my opinion. So I'm going to take Green Bay minus three and a half. I love that. Um, and and I'll ride with Rodgers here. Uh, but it's bleak in Green Bay. It is bleak, Blaine. Bleak. Maybe the word of the night, bleak. Yeah. I don't I don't want to take Green Bay here because I don't but, but I you know, I just last last uh week I backed them at Buffalo. They had their chances. And whenever you have your chances against a team like Buffalo on a stage like that, I think it's a good sign for some of those young players to get a little bit of confidence. Rodgers wasn't great, but I think he can be good against a Detroit Lions defense that's gave up a shell of points. I mean, they've arguably been the worst in the NFL. Um, score fest could happen here, guys. I predict it to happen, and I just want to back Aaron Rodgers in a, in a game like that. I'll lay the points. Chandler, I like your point. I think it could be within three, three and a half, but, it, you know, I'm going to lay the points. I, I think Aaron Rodgers gets right here. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, quick, quick shout out to uh, Mason Crosby, though. Um, so, a good friend of mine, Brian Fisher, he's a listener of the podcast. Uh, and he's nice, a, Brian. He's, he's a savvy gambler, too. Um, I was about 10 minutes before kickoff on that Packers Bills game. I was trying to get a lean either way. And my lean was Bills um, minus 10 and a half. And I was all, I just, I loved it. And, um, I just wanted to see what Brian thought. And he was like, well, if you're going to go bills, just word of advice, I think you should buy it down to, to nine and a half. Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay, sure. I didn't even really ask any questions. Like <laughs> done. And so I did it I'm watching this game and I'm like, Oh, fuck, you know, I shouldn't have done that because here comes Josh Allen. They're in the red zone up, you know, and then he throws a freaking pick like in the end zone. And here come the Packers driving me crazy. 
they get it to 10. And so I'm, you know, thank God I got it to nine and a half. The Bills are about to run the clock out. And Josh Allen on third downs, rolling to his right, has a wide open receiver and he just airmails it. So it's the Packers ball. And I'm like, oh, here we go. They're going to come down. They're going to get stalled. They're going to kick a 50-plus yard field goal to try to get an onside kick, and I'm going to I'm going to die. I'm going to have to tell my wife that we're going to have to sell the house. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, he missed like a 55-yard field goal, and it was the, one of the greatest nights of my life. So shout out to Brian Fisher for the little pro tip to move that line to nine and a half. Thank I you, love Brian. The, I love the Packers. I, I love the Packers minus three and a half here solely because I, I guys I I hate the Detroit Lions. I like. They're like it's a sad thing. They're like the they're like the, the 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 kid who gets picked on, and I could be the guy who walks into the situation and just be like, guys, hey, quit bullying my friend Detroit. And nope, I'm in in this scenario. I'm running to get the trash can to shove over the the little kid's head because I'm trying to bully him too. I can't stand how this team operates. I can't stand the Mickey Mouse bullshit anymore with Dan Campbell. This team is a fucking joke at home against the Dolphins up 14 to nothing. And then they didn't score a single point in the second half at home. So yeah, their, their offense plays better at home, but you, you went scoreless in a half at home in a game that you started up 14 to nothing. Get the hell out of here. I'm done with the lions. They traded away TJ Hawkinson their season. Like you said earlier with the Panthers Chandler, they're dead. They are done. Go Packers here. Rodgers, 15 and two straight up against defenses allowing 30 plus per game and 12 and five against the spread against teams allowing 30 plus against a game. And he's notoriously good against the Lions. Um, Lions lost four straight against the spread. Everything points to numbers wise to Green Bay. And they got Aaron Jones going too, right, guys? I remember watching yeah. that game too. Like the Aaron Jones, they they finally got him into space, 20 carries for 143 yards. I mean, they're they're obviously going to do that again. Yeah, I agree. And also, I'd like for A.J. Dillon to maybe get some of those yards, too. Fantasy tip. I like A.J. Dillon, but right now, he's pissing me off. Detroit fired their secondary coach uh, earlier this week. Don't know if you guys saw that. DeAndre Swift missed practice today, shoulder and ankle, I believe. I don't know that guy practices. I really don't. And um, I had a third – oh, my third point, two cats dead. Lions, Panthers, dead to the Figure It Out podcast as we move forward. Indianapolis travels to New England to take on the uh, take on the Patriots. Johnny threw in a meow there. Um, that is actually hilarious. That made me that made me laugh. Um, this game could get really ugly, guys. Um, and I think New England is going to murder the Colts. And I think it's based solely on Belichick versus Sam Ellinger. This Colts team, um, they are trending. They're trending dead. They're not dead um, statistically yet, in my opinion, because I think that somehow they can maybe get a couple wins down the road, but not this week. Um, Bilicek is going to give Sam Ellinger all kind of fits. We just saw it with Zach Wilson, and I'm, I'm, I've been nice to Zach Wilson, and I'm starting to kind of maybe put him in a category that's not as good as what I've been doing. Um Sam Ellinger and him are a lot closer than he is to a uh, hell 
Zach Wilson's closer to Sam Ellinger than he is to a Carson Wentz, in my opinion. So that that tells you anything. I think that's uh, that's where my mind is here, and I think that continues for New England. I think that they're all over Zach. Minus six and a half at home. Hammer that. I love it. Patriots all day, Blaine. Belichick, 13-0 against rookies slash, you know, first-time starting quarterbacks. Just write the book about it. It's 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 as easy as it gets to bet New England here. And I had, you know, I, I got on my little pissed off note about Naheem Hines because I'm not sure if you guys watch a, a very popular podcast with a former Colt on there. But, I mean, he made a good point. What the hell are they doing in that organization? You fire your offensive coordinator. You trade you, – you basically bench Matt Ryan, and then you trade Naheem Hines, one of the guys that's a locker room guy and a weapon at running back that can, if you want to use Sam Ellinger and spread the ball out a little bit more and not just try to shove it down with Jonathan Taylor, you'd think you want a guy like that to get options. And they just – I mean, they seem to be stupid. Hersey used to be one of the best, now question mark, and I'm all out on the Colts, all in on Belichick for Ellinger. Yeah, hundred percent. Three for three. This is this is going to be bad for the Colts. They're in hell too. And um, if there's one compelling storyline here for me, it would be Stephon Gilmore for the Colts versus New England. But Gilmore didn't even practice today. He's got a rib injury, so I think this is going to be a run fest. Um, but what makes that harder for the Colts guys is that. Uh, Jonathan Taylor didn't practice today. He tweaked mm. that same ankle that kept him out a couple yeah. games earlier this year. Hopefully you took the Johnny Rowe tip and took Christian McCaffrey instead of Jonathan Taylor in your fantasy leagues. Um, because, you know, everyone was like, well, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Running backs get hurt. That's the thing. And uh, it's been a bad season for Jonathan Taylor. In fact, he has more fumbles um, lost than rushing touchdowns this year. So, Sam Ellinger and whoever the backup running backs are versus Bill Belichick and Ramondre Stevenson and a full cast. Give me New England here. The The only thing that would worry me about this is, is like, yes, it is running and it, it's you run the entire time and you wait until Sunday to bet this and the line moves to something like seven and then it's like a 17 17- 13 game and you get screwed so just monitor that line there but i love it at five and a half another potential blowout buffalo goes to the new york jets to take on their afc east rival um it you know new england's defense is really good it obviously has one of the best coaches ever um running it but this buffalo defense is 10 times better than new england's defense personnel wise um and I think it's another horrific day for Zach Wilson. I think they flat get after him here, um, expose him big time. I actually love the Jets' defense, but they're going up against somebody that they haven't been able – they haven't faced all year in this offense. Um, they're going to be on the field a lot. It's going to get Josh Allen a lot of opportunities to absolutely thrive. Uh, Buffalo minus 11.5, I love it. I don't see how this Jets team scores. Um and if Zach Wilson's going to turn the ball over, you're just going to give free possessions to this Buffalo offense. It's not a good recipe. And he's going to be under serious duress. And we've already heard, like Johnny said, he doesn't want to throw the ball away. So I, there's some sort of game prop, that, like Buffalo two-plus turnovers. Um, I think you should take that. Um, give me Buffalo all day. I don't think it's much of a discussion. Johnny? You mean like Buffalo forces two-plus turnovers? Yeah. I would love mm-hmm. – yeah. 
I would love that too. Um, I've made my feelings about Zach Wilson clear. Um, and like I, you know, Elijah Moore is a really good receiver for them. And he, a couple weeks ago, requested a trade from the Jets. They didn't grant him that trade. He sat out a game for personal reasons, comes back, you know, on, on, uh, on their last game on Sunday. And you'd think that might be like the squeaky wheel narrative. Like we're going to, you know, he's, he, we want him to, to want to stay. No, he ran the fifth most routes on the team. So there were four other people who ran more routes than him. And he had zero catches on one target. So like Elijah Moore, a guy who had a lot of success for them uh, last year and with Joe Flacco this year, uh, it, it just doesn't work with Zach Wilson. So yeah, I made my feelings clear on them. I love the bills here. Minus 11, 11 and a half. Here's something curious for me though. Um, the over-under is at 47. Why, to me, that seems high. Why is this over-under so high? I mean, maybe they just think the Bills win this game, like... 41 to 7. Four, four, yeah, 41 to 10, something like that. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I like Bills in the under here. Um, I really don't think the Jets are going to be able to do anything. Like, if they had a full cast, maybe, like, if Brees Hall was still there and, like, none of their offensive linemen got hurt. Because keep in mind, they've lost a ton of offensive linemen like Mekhi Becton, Dwayne Brown, the guy from the Seahawks keeps getting uh, banged up. Elijah Vera Tucker, their really good interior guard. Like he's out too. I just don't love this for the Jets at all. I'm curious if Blaine can maybe talk me off of that, but I love the Bills minus 11 and a half here. And the Bills trade for Naeem Hines and they're getting Tredavious White back. That's bad news for Zach Wilson. Yeah, Trey White being back is huge. For for Buffalo, um, back to back, <laughs> like you're on nickname basis with him. Back to back, no, I hate the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Back to back division games for the Jets. You go Patriots and then you go Bills. I mean, it doesn't get any worse. I, I mean, I feel like teams are especially bad after be, playing the Patriots, especially just because of what Belichick does defensively, and it's true. I mean, in 23 and 33 against the spread since 2019, Bills are going to swallow up Zach Wilson. I want to echo everything you guys said, and I even looked up some stats. Like, Bill's shutout win is plus 1,900, uh, you know, 1,900 on, on a scale. So you can put down 20 and get a pretty damn good return if the Bills could shut out the Jets and win. So look at that. That could be fun to sprinkle. But I Buffalo, love that. Yeah, Buffalo could blow them out. I think they're going to blow them out, and I don't really have much else to say. Buffalo gets right. Minnesota. Or, John, do you have a final point? Okay. Minnesota goes on the road to take on the Washington Commanders. Commanders under a lot of turmoil. Some funny off-the-field issues. Dan Snyder announcing he's looking to sell the team. Maybe some sort of FBI probe going on as well. Won't speculate on that. Um, this Commanders team picked up an, uh, an interesting win on Sunday afternoon against the Indianapolis Colts. Would you believe it when you throw the ball to Terry McLaurin? Good things happen. Um, I didn't think it took a genius to figure that out, but uh, obviously it's taken the commanders a bit to figure that one out. Taylor Heineke and his teams rallied around him somehow. Um, their spirits seem decently high in Washington considering what's going on around them. Um this Vikings team, man, I hate this Vikings team. They are just not – they're nothing that great. I don't get it. They are the worst 6-1 and one team in the history of the NFL. I've never seen anything like it. 
every game they're they play they are not comfortable with the lead um the cardinals are wildly inept i can't believe them we'll talk about them here in a second i believe yes um they did everything they could to to get in this game and they still couldn't figure out a way i don't love minnesota's defense um kirk cousins going back to washington i actually think this is a revenge game for washington given that they had to sit through kirk cousins as their quarterback for so long i love the commanders plus what is it johnny plus three at home is that what you just sent me plus three and a half at home give me the commanders i am sick of this uh, vikings team i really just pray to god they lose um so i'm going commanders here at home give it to me fedex field I actually wouldn't mind if FedEx Field somehow fell on Kirk Cousins this week. It's already done it once to one quarterback. Maybe do it. Maybe do it for the second time. Blaine, uh, can't wait to hear what you got here. Uh, this is, yeah, this is the first time Kirk Cousins has ever won five in a row or about to win five in a row, I guess. You look at that. But uh, I just – I kind of want to pick Washington too. They're hot. Vikings seem like they got to lose one of these things and the hot Washington commanders with Taylor Heineke. I, I, I just, I just kind of love it. And there's no reason to get um, really riled up about it because I, I, I'm not picking the game, but if I'm going to, I think I'm going to go Washington chase young also about to get back from ACL. Um, There's some fun things with Washington going on and they could make a run to still get in the playoffs as we all predicted in the preseason. So keep that in the back of your minds and, um, yeah, I'll go Washington. I absolutely love Washington here. Um, <clears throat> and Blaine, this has got to be tough for you. This is kind of like the Blaine Wheeler Bowl, the Vikings versus Commanders. Like, these are your squads. Yeah. This is a tough one for That's you. That's why so I didn't have way, a lot to like... say. <laughs> kind of keep it out. I Washington can't believe I can't believe what I heard. For the listeners listening, I just went to the restroom, but I could hear everything on my AirPods. Uh, is Blaine there? Is that actually Blaine Wheeler? Because I can't believe anything that I just heard. Well, I loved it. I loved it, by the way. I loved what you said, brother. I loved what you said. The Vikings stink, Johnny. Well, that's not what Blaine said, but Blaine's picking the commanders here because it's the smart pick, and, and here's why. Um, next three games for the Vikings, right? They're 6-1. and one. They all know. They're like, holy shit, we're 6-1. and one. Like They're like, we... We know we don't belong here. Well, now they're at Washington. Um, and then look ahead at the next two weeks. Then they go to Buffalo and then home versus the Cowboys. Like this, there's potential for a look-ahead spot here for the Vikings. And I think the commanders are apt to the challenge and could take advantage. Said it two weeks ago. These guys in Washington love playing for Taylor Heineke. You know the guys on the team like to get dubs for him because, as he said, after every time he beats a team, he goes out and gets a new pair of Jordans that are that team's colors. The locker rooms love that kind of shit. He plays hard. Is he the greatest player ever? No. Is he a top half of the league quarterback? No. But the guy plays his balls off, and I think he could cover the three and a half here at home. Um, the team is going – and their fans are going to be thrilled with the Dan Snyder news. They Nobody can – nobody likes Dan Snyder except for Dan Snyder. Um Washington got another locker room cancer out of there. They traded William Jackson to Pittsburgh, who had been saying he wanted out of there. Get him out then. Like, if you don't want to be here, get out. 
And uh, yeah, Blaine said Chase Young started practicing again. Like, I don't know if he's officially been activated, but he started that 21 day window of practicing. So they're no, they know they're going to get him back soon. Give me Washington in this spot. I love it. Um, I don't think, like, I don't expect Hawkinson to have an impact, like, on this game, if, if anything. Kind of like how I was thinking about Christian McCaffrey. Like, he just got there, so you don't think he's going to have a big game. If there's anybody in Minnesota that I think is going to have a big game, um, you know, other than Jefferson or Cook, Zadarius Smith leads the NFL in sacks. And if there's one way I can criticize the Chiefs, because you guys know I'm the Chiefs' eternal optimist, why weren't the Chiefs getting after Zadarius Smith in free agency? That would have been nice. Chandler, you need to hold on, though. I mean, give oh, me a break. Vikings is a, are horrible. I mean, you might as well say that pizza's bad or something. Nachos are huh. bad. I mean, that's ridiculous. This team's really good. But, I mean, the, this is my bowl. This is These are my two favorite teams outside of the Chiefs, if that were to be a thing. Um the reason why, just like Riverboat Ron, is really good in spots like this when his team's rallying together um, against the spread after he's won as an underdog, 24-9. That's in the last 20 years. So whenever his team's winning as an underdog, he's covering. And he's covering. And his guys are rallying. And that's what's going to happen. Well, I love pizza and I love nachos. And the Vikings still stink. <laughs> Moving forward. This game, boys, we're no discussion here. This is a stinky game, and I'm picking um, the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. After me going to bat for this Raiders team um, last week, like I did, like I made it sound like I kind of like them. Ew, I can't believe I did it. Um, and they stabbed me in the back like Raiders uh, always do. They stink, and they might be dead. Um, they are trending dead. Uh, they're kind of like the Colts, honestly, in my opinion. And it's not because I don't think that I still think that they have a good roster. Um, it's because they just, their record stinks and they are in such a hole in the AFC. I just don't see how they get out of it. Um, if it wasn't for Denver, they'd be the worst team in our division right now. After me saying, I thought they were the second best team in our division. I've never seen a team perform so poorly in New Orleans, as I had last week with the Raiders. It's like every time I turned the TV back on to their game, it was somehow worse than when I had left it. I can't believe how many times Red Zone kept going back to this game. Um, obviously, it was because the Saints were scoring, but this Raiders team, I don't even think they crossed midfield to like the fourth quarter, guys. I mean, in a game when you have Devontae Adams playing and he has two yards, you don't deserve to win a game the rest of the year. And Jacksonville, say what you will, they're not very good. I don't really, I don't, I don't know the vibe in Jacksonville. They're underdog at home. I think this is a great, great spot to take an underdog. I don't know why the Jacksonville Jaguars can't win this football game. I think they rely heavily on Travis Etienne in this game. They get the ball around, uh, maybe, maybe get Christian Kirk going. I don't love the Raiders' pass defense. I'm all over Jacksonville here, Johnny. I know you don't like the Jacksonville Jaguars, Johnny Rowe, but. You might have to like them this week. I used to like them. They used to be called the Johnny Road Jags, but now they've been banished to hell with the Falcons. And yeah. we'll get to the new Johnny Robe darling uh, here in a bit. But uh, just a few things here before I reveal what I'm picking. Um, Chandler's right. With Derek Carr as the quarterback, they did not cross the 50-yard line. With Jared Sidham at the end of the game, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just pathetic. Um, Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards. Again. Uh, 
again, that's pathetic, but it, this is a figure it out pod moment, which I think is just hilarious. Now, every time I see Devontae Adams now, every time, I think of when we were talking about him and like, if I were to say, like, if I were to talk about him casually, I would just say Devontae and you would know exactly who I'm talking about. Blaine, Blaine, Blaine called him Adams. Blaine yeah. was calling him Adams. And I just, he, was like, just... <laughs> he was like, yeah, they got Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Adams. It was like, wait, <laughs> that's, the nobody. You, that's the one you don't use his first name on. <laughs> I'm the dad of the group, but Blaine, you sounded like a total dad when you were talking about Adams. But anyway, fucking Adams they, guy. They've got to get him going, and um, because yeah, you know he's frustrated, and you know they're all frustrated. Um, it looks like Josh McDaniels does suck as a head coach. You know, because when you have players like that, th- th- this should not be happening. Um, these teams, the Jags and the Raiders, are combined zero and ten in one score games this year, um, just indicative of bad coaching. And I, I like Doug Peterson. I, uh, he, here's what I think is happening with both of these teams. I think the Raiders are being hindered by poor coaching in close games because they've been in a lot of close games. And I think the Jaguars are being hindered by a quarterback who might be bad. I think Trevor might be bad, guys. You know, he had a really nice touchdown pass to Evan Ingram, but for the rest of the game, like, he is so disappointing to watch and I've watched a ton of Jaguars this year I, I I almost like can't stand him like I'm sure he's a really nice guy he's married he's probably a really good husband like a good he's a, real, a man of God and whatever just on the field he does nothing to move the needle for me and I I, I like want to grab him by the face mask like come on bro like what are you doing all right having said all of that <laughs> Vegas minus one I want to bet everything that I own on Vegas minus one. Sorry, Chandler. I love the Raiders in this spot. I absolutely love it. I actually think it's a really sharp bet too to, to have amnesia from last week, to forget about what happened last week. What I can't forget about is what I've been seeing from the Jaguars like every single week, week in and week out. What I can forget about is a terrible game uh, from the Raiders when they, before last week, they were our, that was our bet of the week. We were all were like, we're going to hammer this. We're going to lock in Raiders minus whatever it was, two or one and a half or whatever against the Saints. I'm choosing to have amnesia in this spot. And as long as no major injuries surface, um, I will be, I will be handsomely on uh, the Vegas Raiders plane. I thought I was going to be the only one on the Raiders here, but I, you know, <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence is horrible. It just has to be said. It, I'm tired of it. I've been I ruined me last week. And you think that he's going to go to London and fly back and try to rest and be good at home. And this Jacksonville Jaguars team is going to be ready to go at home against a Raiders team that I'm going to give one more try. Chandler, I, I, I think you need to give them one more chance. And it's tough. It's tough. Both these teams lost last week and against a spread made, made me and Chandler both look bad, but I just got to try it one more time. But I got to say about Vegas, how in the hell do you have Max Crosby um, and Chandler Jones and you rank 32nd in the NFL in sacks? How is that possible? I mean, their secondary must be that bad. So uh, maybe Trevor Lawrence won't be horrible because the Raiders are that bad in the back half. But bounce back game here for the Raiders. Um, I have the stat here. Opponents' totals go over um, seven – 
or seven of the last nine times after a team travels back. And then whenever a team has been shut out on the road, it's only happened six times in the last decade. They're over in the first half hits five of the last six times. So Raiders going to score early, get things right early after a shutout. McDaniel's going to have to throw some things out there. And I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, great stat about the Raiders. I did not even realize that. I just kind of – I think you just kind of assume with those names um, that they would have more sacks. But, wow, that is – that's awful. I'm not going to give them another chance. Battle of the Birds, NFC West matchup. Seattle Seahawks travel south to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I'm riding Seattle all the way here. Seattle, tons of momentum, tons. And another awesome win for them in um, – the Pacific Northwest against the six and one New York Giants last week, I believe, guys. Um, it wasn't the prettiest game. Uh, people are really high on Geno Smith. He didn't, I didn't think he had the best game, but this Seattle team has taken the identity of Pete Carroll that we've known for a while, a tough mindset, and and they are not losing games. They're relying on Kenneth Walker here now. He seems to be a really good rookie running back. Um, and I think this Cardinals team is is back. Um, and I think I'm really starting to buy into what Johnny's been preaching about Cliff Kingsbury. This team is just not well coached. They don't look well coached. The play calling is not good. Kyler loves turning the ball over. He can't wait to turn the ball over. He's like the quarterback McColl. He is wanting to turn it over. I he I've never seen anything like it. This guy just runs around and runs around and runs around and just decides to throw it up in the air. It's almost the reverse Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson gets bored of throwing the ball away. Kyler can't freaking wait. He can't wait to give it to the other team. Um, and for that, this Seattle defense, I think, is kind of hitting its stride a little bit. Um, they're really kind of limited the Giants as well, who I know don't have the best weapons. And they the Cardinals do have better weapons. If Kyler can get the ball to these guys, it will prove problems. But I question his ability to do that. I really do. And for that... I'm going Seattle to win the Battle of the Birds. Give me the Seahawks over the Cardinals. And besides, the Seahawk would would just murder a Cardinal in real life. Um, I don't even know really what a Seahawk is. I mean, I know that there's birds that live on the ocean, but like a hawk? I don't know. But that's a different story for a different day. Uh, Blaine, I think it's you. Talk to us about this matchup in the desert, brother. Pete Carroll is also way cooler than Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Like Cliff Kingsbury is that dude that's just like that fake cool guy, and Pete Carroll is just that dude that's chomping on gum, just all the 20-year-old girls, and he's 60, still think he's hot. Like, give me Pete Carroll. I'm not thinking too deep about this at all. Not going into stats, not going into personnel. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are playing together on the same coach-player field here at home, and the Cardinals are horrible at home. Two and seven against the spread in their last nine games at home. <laughs> They've lost to Seattle three state times against the spread, boys. Seattle, hammer it with everything you got. Don't get too deep into the thoughts of DeAndre Hopkins and all. Pete Carroll over Clingsbury. Done. A Seahawk or a Riverhawk is actually a nickname for the bird called an Osprey. Osprey, whatever. But, uh, I just looked up some quick stats about the Osprey. It would totally destroy a Cardinal, and it can fly at speeds of up to 80 miles an hour. So, yeah, Chandler, you were totally right there with your aviary knowledge. Um, so I started off with the Johnny Road Jaguars, banished them to hell. 
moved on to the Johnny Rowe Falcons, had a great relationship with the Johnny Rowe Falcons, was thinking about buying them all Christmas gifts. Um, But no, they screwed up and they've been banished to hell. It is the Christmas season and the, and the darling right now is this are the Seahawks. I love the, I love betting on this team. They are so fun to bet on because their defense is not very good, but they love to score points. And Gino is balling out still. Kenneth Walker is really good. And for them to be dogs in this spot uh, is, is ridiculous. I, I'm not sure what Vegas is, is doing here. This, these teams matched up earlier in the year. Um, in Seattle and Seattle won an uglier game, but it was 19 to nine would have covered this spread easily here. And uh, I, I, I love Seattle here. I'll be hammering them. Cliff is a donkey. You guys said that like, yeah, he's the guy who comes off cool and like acts cool around you, but at the snap of a finger would, you know, get into bed with your mom or your sister. Like he's such a <laughs> fucking piece of shit. And um, he's a, he's a terrible coach. And the point about Kyler is hilarious that you made, Chandler. Like that turnover, the the hail, the like oh. deep pass he threw to Harrison Smith. Uh, it's just it's just terrible, and you can tell he him and Cliff don't really uh, jive with each other either. I've got a bunch of other notes on this game too. Um, okay, like, do you guys know that much about Kyler? I don't. I try to not do this. Like a really lazy thing to do is to say like. Oh, I hate that guy. Like, hate, hates the wrong word. Even though the three, the three of us hate Russell Wilson uh, for good uh, reason. Yeah. Really quick before I finish off my notes, just quickly from you guys. Do you, Do you like Kyler? I think he's like kind of annoying. No, I don't like Kyler at all. I think he's kind of like a little immature. Just kind of like seems like a, a kid, like, like an immature snotty kid. Like it's just yeah. like, dude, shut up. He just like that, that, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but he's just like that gamer dude that just like, doesn't say much, doesn't go out and just hangs out in his room. And he just is what he is. And no one really has a dial on what his personality <laughs> is. It's so, Ew, he's like, yeah, okay, good. All right, cool. I'm on the same uh, as you guys. And partially is some of the, the pregame outfits that he wears, like, I swear the dude's basically wearing a dress when he walks Ugh. in. He wore like a he wore like a neon green power suit that was like cut for a woman. Anyway, okay. So said all that. I love the Seahawks here. The center, Rodney Hudson, is out for the Cardinals in this spot. In-season hard knocks for the Cardinals starts next week. So even if and if they lose this game, we are going to be getting an inside track Whoa. on the dysfunction that is going on in that building. And I'm really kind of hoping that that happens here. But I'll finish with something positive about um, the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins is still amazing. 12 for 159 and one touchdown on 13 targets last week. The touchdown catch that he had, I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment, but it was a one-handed catch, wasn't open. Kyler made an errant throw. He shouldn't have thrown it there either. It was a bad decision. Didn't matter because better O beats beats, beats good defense. And I'm trying not, not to be a prisoner of the moment. I think that might be like a top five play I've ever seen happen uh, in all my years of watching football. It was incredible. And the fact that he can do all this stuff by not being a very fast person just shows how Im- amazingly gifted and unique 
uh, his craft is um, DeAndre rocks, but the Cardinals suck, guys. Yeah, this is clearly a DeAndre line. Uh, you got to bring him up because that's clearly why Arizona's favorite. I don't yeah, think I think, reason. I think too, going back to Kyler uh, before we move on, his dude, the, the dreads stink. He needs to go back to the afro. I mean, the freaking, the really tight braids that are like kind of like little, I don't know, Lamar's got it too. I don't like it. Go to the afro. Maybe he'll be better. Los Angeles Rams travel east, take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And guys, I think this game is potentially stinky. These two teams yes. have a lot of stink coming off of them. Both teams, though, I will say in the NFC are still alive. I am not ready to say that these teams are even trending towards dead. But, woo! Um, Tampa, you know, they tried to fight in that Ravens game, but they just weren't the better team. Um, that was apparent on last Thursday night. And then this Rams team flat out is in a is in a dark place right now. The only thing saving the Rams, in my opinion, is that they have names on this team that can get this team turned around. But if that doesn't happen, um, it's it's bad in LA. Um the Rams can't run the football. They can't protect Stafford. And I've never, I've already said this once, maybe twice, maybe even three times on the show. And I'm going to say it a fourth, if that's the case. I've never seen a, a team target one guy more than Cooper Cup. And I totally understand how good he is. But my God, there are 11 players on a football field. And if you're going to only throw it to one of them, I understand that five linemen can't get the ball. If you're not only going to throw it to Cooper Cup, it isn't hard to game plan against you. Like, it just isn't. It's not at all. You take away everything else that the Rams have, and it's been proven all year. Cooper Cup is going off in these games, but they're just not letting anybody else beat him, and it's working. I mean, the Rams are not winning football games, and I think Tampa comes into this and says, hey, we're going we're gonna to let Cooper Cup get his, but we're not going to let you beat us anywhere else. And I think that Tampa Bay's defense is one of the best defenses. This is back-to-back weeks where this Rams team's got to go against good defenses. Um, I know Tampa's been a little bit worse of late, but I look for them to get back on track against an offense that is, quite frankly, inept right now, in my opinion. I'm going to take Tampa at home here. Uh, Tampa minus three. They're on a bit of a mini-buy of having played last Thursday. Maybe Tom can get right. You know, he's finally, you know, we're not going to talk about it, but he's finally got everything sort of behind him. Um, it's at least out there that he's getting divorced. Uh, I like Tampa here. I like him a lot, actually. Uh, Tampa Bay for me. Johnny? Tampa for me, too, um, because I'm just not – I'm not ruling Tom out like everything should have them down. They just lost on prime time. They're, they're three and five season ended right now. This is crazy to say the season ended right now. Tampa Bay would have the seventh pick in the draft. That's crazy to me. Um, But the NFC South sucks. Like the bucks can still win this division and they're at home here against another reeling team in the Rams. I, I, I just, I want I talk about the, talk about this all the time. Like, what do you want to bet on? Like, I want to bet Tampa here. Um, I saw something today. Did you guys see this? That McVeigh was talking about how he's like, he's with the core of players like Stafford, Donald, Ramsey. But when they're done, when that core is gone, he's going to retire. 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right, but I kind of just saw that before the podcast. And, you know, this is a team that's like been trading draft picks like crazy. They don't have a first round pick for like the next five or six years or something like that. And they're three and four. And if they were to be picking in the draft right now, it'd be 14th, but Oh wait, that picks going over to, to Detroit. Cause they, they traded all their picks. Like I, I don't know. On the good news for them, Cooper Cup was – he avoided serious injury. Like, he had just t- sent out an article before that game last week talking about how no, no no football should be played on artificial turf. It should be on grass. And he almost blows his knee out at the end of that game last week. But he's going to play, and he's going to – he's he's not hurt or anything. So that's a good thing for, for Cooper Cup and the Rams. But I, I, I just – I want to bet on Brady – um, and the Buccaneers here minus three. And if, if the three is not good enough for you, like you, you can't do it, then if you make a parlay, just throw in Buccaneers money line. Blaine? Yeah, I'm going to make a best bet for us. It's it's Tampa Bay here going through some of this. Wow. I mean, the Rams just can't run the football at all. And if you can't do that against a Bucks defense like this, you're not going to win a football game. Excuse me, I just knocked my cup over. <laughs> but, but you're not going to win a you're not going to win a football game. You can't. They can't stay on the field either. They've run like some the 30th or 31st least amount of plays in the NFL. Whenever you give Tom Brady extra possessions at home in a game like this that he has to win, he's going to win it. And especially off extended rest, I think he's nine and two against the spread um, with eight or more days of rest. Tom Brady. Um, combined with the abysmalness of Los Angeles's offense, is is going to be fine. He's going to get possessions, and they're going to score. Yeah, I love it. Mini buy. I think that is. I think that really is truly something. Um, yep. So we'll see. Before we get to the final two games, Sunday night football and Monday night football, little World Series update, boys. Astros bases loaded in the top of the fifth. Uh, they bring in the Phillies. Bring in. Uh, it's either Jose or Jorge. I don't know which one ever. Alvarado hits the guy. Astros score a run, and they have no outs in the inning. So we'll keep the uh, we'll keep you guys posted on that. It's actually been a really fun game to watch in between when you guys are talking. Not that I'm not listening to you guys. I love what you guys have been saying. Let's get into the final two games. We're going to go to Monday Night Football first because our Kansas City Chiefs are on Sunday Night Football. We'll wrap up our show with the best team in the NFL. Monday Night Football, Monday, November 7th, Baltimore travels to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Saints. Shout out to our guy, John Seabag, active listener of the Figure It Out pod, active Saints employee. He will be in attendance at the game, working it, um, unless, of course, he gets the man flu and has to sit this one out. Baltimore, um, Big win for them against Tampa Bay. They're coming into New Orleans on the mini buy as well. Um, both these teams coming off really awesome wins for both organizations. Um, now, I do think Baltimore's a little banged up. I don't love it if, if Mark Andrews isn't full go. He didn't practice today, I believe. Um, but I absolutely love their addition of Roquan Smith. I think that fits their defensive personality really well. And I think it adds them um, a really good leader and a very good tackler. And at a great time, getting ready to go up against Alvin Kamara, who just went off um, in this game uh, in the in the game last week. Um, I don't love it for the Saints at home. I really don't. Everything in my brain is yelling at me to take the Baltimore Ravens, and so I'm going to do it. Baltimore Ravens will win at 
the New Orleans Saints on Monday night football. Johnny? By the way, before Johnny goes, sorry. Astros just doubled. 3-0. No out, second and third. Yeah, the the, the, the Ravens-Saints game, it, these ones are tough. I mean, this game is five days away when we're recording this on Wednesday night, so it's tough for me to get a lean here in either way. Initially, I like the Ravens, minus two and a half. Um, Do it, Johnny. I, you guys have been going but, against me all night. But no, no, no. I'm not, I, I'm going to pick that. I'm going to pick Ravens minus two and a half. Um, I do like the Roquan thing as well. The Saints uh, are two and five against Baltimore and have never beaten them in New Orleans. Whoa. Um, the thing is, I have no clue on the injuries. So I'm pretty sure I'm confident in this, that the Ravens go to their bye after this week. Mark Andrews left that Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a huge part of their offense. I, I, I don't think they have any practice reports out yet. He's had the mini buy to kind of get right. But I could see the Ravens, like, resting Mark Andrews here. Rashad Bateman's been out for them for a while. So, like, yes, it's good that they got Roquan Smith, but their offense is kind of gross. And so um, – Two and a half is okay enough for me, but if this was something like four, that weird four number we see a lot, I, I wouldn't like that. But Blaine, you got anything on this one? Yeah, I do. I, it, it's not necessarily like statistical, oh, here's what's going to happen. It's just the Saints are – my feel is the Saints are going to win this football game. I I don't like the Ravens still this year. Something about them, even after watching them in Tampa Bay, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting my money behind them. And – I usually don't put my money behind Andy Dalton, but after what they did to the Raiders, and like I said, I'm going to give the Raiders another chance, and I'm going to go ahead and give the Saints the kudos for beating the Raiders here. And um, at home, it's a tough place to play in prime time. The Saints' defensive front is good enough to stop what the Ravens want to do, and I think Andy Dalton's good enough to be able to throw the ball um, across the yard against this this Ravens secondary that we've talked about all year of not being very good at all. Um yeah, I, New Orleans at home. I'm going to take it. How is this Ravens secondary not good? It just feels like, like it needs to be good. Like, I mean, Marlon well, Humphrey's a dude. Yes, Marlon Humphrey's a dude. I've read some stuff that Peters has been bad. Yeah. And Peters, I mean, he doesn't, he, he is a liability tackling on oh, defense. We, we, tackling. We've known that. We, Such but, a wimp. You know, but he's a you know when he freelances he can he can intercept some balls and and he did that against the Giants that game that they lost um, but there was a there was a flag they called on him on the play so what's the kid the the kid they drafted out of Notre Dame that safety Kyle Hamilton Hamilton yep and he's been bad right is that part of it is he Stone I haven't seen anything about him being yeah. good <laughs> yeah. yeah I haven't heard anything about him being good Sauce so is the real I, deal. Bro, you got that right. He is – he's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, I do like what you said, Blaine. Um, I do believe the Saints can throw it all over the Ravens if if he, if he Andy Dalton has time. I like the way the Ravens get after the pass for a little bit. I'll say that. Yeah. What, what do you think about Andy Dalton? I mean, it seems like he's their guy for the rest of the year. Is that the right choice? I mean, Jameis coming off a oh, back God. injury is healthy, but what, what? – Say I, w- I, I would go Jameis, but at the end of the day, I really think it comes down to who turns the ball over. And Andy Dalton's not doing that, and Jameis will 
do it. <laughs> I mean, like, there is no – it's not like can he or won't he. It's when will he. Yeah. And, and I think they feel more comfortable than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton struggled in primetime, 9-16 and 16 against the spread in his career in primetime, which is not good. And remember that Thursday night he threw two, two – six, oh, my God, pick sixes against the Cardinals that were horrible. Yeah. That Thursday night, so eh, maybe he's bad. Maybe he chokes in prime time. Well, Blaine, that would you do seem to like to cheer for guys who suck in prime time. So there you go. That really adds <laughs> up for you. Uh, um, let's go backwards in time to Sunday night. The Tennessee Titans come to the loudest place in the NFL, Arrowhead Stadium, to take on our Kansas City Chiefs. And it just feels good to talk about the Chiefs again because it feels like it's been a year since they've played. A um, lot of nerves, a lot of anticipation, a lot of intrigue in this matchup against a team that has not been the nicest to the Chiefs in the organization's histories. It's going to be an epic showdown on Sunday night. Um, Kansas City, 12-point favorites at home. Um that's a ton of points, but I absolutely love it. I love the confidence that Vegas has in us. Uh, let's talk about this game, boys. Let's start with the Tennessee Titans. I think their recipe is obvious. There's not a lot you can really say about the Tennessee Titans other than they're going to come in and they're going to try to be physical, physical, and physical. And they're just going to try to out-physical the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, not saying that they can do it, but if there is a team that can do it, they are certainly candidates to do it. Um, it's it's all about stopping Derrick Henry. Um, I don't care if it's Tannehill or I don't care if it's Malik Willis. The Chiefs secondary and the Chiefs passing defense, well, I know it hasn't been great statistically, but this, this team can't get up and down the field on this defense um, via the pass. It all comes down to, to the running game and um, – it's really scary, guys, because I think Derrick Henry is insanely capable of going for, like, 250 yards. I really do. Um, I'm not saying he's going to, but he is very, very capable coming off a 200-plus yard performance last week against the Houston Texans. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different defense. But running games travel no matter where you go. Um, and for me, Chandler's key to this game, and it's not even – I don't even need to worry about the offense. It's stopping Derrick Henry on the ground. Let's start with Blaine because I think he leans a little bit towards my opinion, and then let's let Johnny bring us back to earth. Blaine, yeah, I, I mean our interior defensive line. If Chris Jones has to be freaking awesome, who's our interior defensive line? I'm glad that you brought that up, Blaine, because it, I mean it's thin, and I'm talking razor thin. Of course, my guy Colin Saunders, but he's not in there to bulldoze, stop the run. I mean, hell, he's five two, so. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Nottie's got to be a lot better, and we can't let this, this offensive line and Derek Henry get to our linebackers fast. Or, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to tackle Derek Henry on a full head of steam. So I, I fully believe Spags is going to draw something up because if Willis is playing, I mean, good lord, man up on the edge and make Derek Henry beat you. So Spags is definitely going to do that, make Derek Henry beat us, or make someone other than Derek Henry beat us, and do stunts. Maybe go four man down, five man down fronts, and just try some crazy stuff because that's what the Chiefs have to do here in order to stop them. What do you want me to talk about here? Like the Derrick Henry stuff? I mean, is there, uh, do you want me to wait on the Chiefs offense? No, I I what I want that. you to do, Johnny, is I want you to tell us how this Chiefs defense um, plays on Sunday night. What do you, What do you think? 
Well, they, the number one job is what you guys have been saying. You have to completely sell out to stopping Derrick Henry. Like it's not you. we're selling out against the 40, 49ers to stop the run game of McCaffrey or Jeff Wilson Jr. You are completely selling out to stop Derrick Henry. A few things, though, that with the line being 12, like that makes me think. I know Tannehill was a limited participant today, but it just makes me think Vegas is leaning towards just covering their bases if Malik Willis is going to play. Um, and if Tannehill plays, like the the talk is that he's dealing with a significant ankle sprain or foot 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 injury of some kind. So like his comments today were alluding to he's gonna want to play, but if he is statuesque back there, that's not going to be good for their team. So they would go with Malik. And we saw what they're going to do if Malik's the quarterback is they're going to shove the ball in Derrick Henry's gut like they did 32 times, and he's going to run for nearly seven yards a clip and two touchdowns. I mean, Derrick Henry had an amazing game last week. But the Titans only scored 17 points. The Chiefs' run defense, while not – and their interior, while not uh, to you guys as good as you as as you want, it's better than the Houston Texans. And if the Chiefs don't put up more than 17 points, well, fuck, they don't deserve to win anyway. And so I, I just think that I, I I know what you guys are doing, and it pisses me off when you're texting <laughs> me it during the workday. But but look, man, like the Chiefs are just a better football team than these guys. And the Chiefs, yes, anybody can win. The, the 12 numbers, I don't love the 12 number regardless, but I just love the Chiefs in this spot. And I'll take a breath here and let you get in, Blaine, but – just on the the whole stopping the run thing, I said this a couple weeks ago that against the 49ers, that could be like the Danny Shelton spot. I even like made it a flag plant at home here against a team that you know is going to have to run regardless. This could be the game where Danny Shelton is activated um, for those surefire rundowns. Okay, Blaine, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, I mean, they only scored 17 points, but – I mean, that's what they do a lot. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. I mean, they're, the amount of plays that they run per game or possessions that they see per game is so low, they just don't score a lot because they don't give themselves – I mean, run the ball, 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 limit possessions, and that kind of plays against what the Chiefs want to do. So that's the reason if you can't stop Derrick Henry, then – you can't get Patrick Mahomes the ball. And then, you know, it's just kind of the way that the Titans win football games. That's why they're good. So I, you know, if I'm taking something, the under is pretty awesome. Um, but that's just mm. simply because Derrick Henry might be able to, to run the clock. Yeah. Let's talk about the chiefs offense guys. I think it's going to, I think it's set up for a really good day. I do believe that Tennessee has a decent defense, but they haven't played an offense since Buffalo that is like this Kansas City Chiefs offense, in my opinion. I mean, they played the Colts twice. They've played the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe. They haven't played a juggernaut since that week two dismantling they took in Buffalo um, earlier this year. So I think that this Chiefs offense is is poised for a really awesome day. Um, I think we can really attack them through the air. I, For whatever reason um, – it, the running game for me is a week-by-week -week basis. I'm going to die on the hill that they have to prove it to me week in and week out for it to be – for me to think that it's going to be a part of this a part of this team because it's just been too inconsistent, and I think a lot of that does have to do with our running back play. 
I think Pacheco needs more carries at this point in the season. I'm not really for sure why they're they're still giving Clyde so many carries. Um, he just flat out can't run between the tackles, guys. And he doesn't fall forward ever. Ever. I've never seen him fall forward. I've never seen him really break a tackle. Um I want I want more Pacheco, but um, I'll turn it over to you guys. I think Pat has a huge day. I love this receiving core. I'm not going to expect a lot from Kadarius Tony, but I do think that he'll play some sort of role. I think they'll get him a couple touches, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he returns punts as well. But that's a different story. Uh, Johnny, what do you think about this offense? Yeah, so um, the offense has looked great. They're riding high after the last week. Uh, their offensive-minded head coach, Andy Reid, in his career is 20-3 and three off of a bye. Patrick so has been – Patrick has been amazing in his career off of the bye. And I think they really exercised the demons here against the Titans. Um, if you just talk, talk about regular season games, the Chiefs have lost four straight regular season games to the Titans. Of course, the victory that they had was in that AFC championship game in the Super Bowl year in 2019. So um, I think they can have a lot of success. Keep in mind the game last year is bulletin board material for this Chiefs team. It is quite literally, I called Chandler um, at one point, it is quite literally the only Chiefs game in that I can remember where I chose, even in a, a, as bad as it was, I chose to turn the game off. I, 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 I pushed out and couldn't watch the end of it. And um, you know the Chiefs know that. In fact, Mahomes and his media availability today was asked about it. He said last year we weren't ready and they beat our ass. I mean, he mm-hmm. said that. And Mahomes, Mahomes is not usually a guy to like, curse even though it's the word ass like he's not usually someone to say that stuff in his media availability so um, I think the Chiefs can have a lot of success throwing the ball here Jeffrey Simmons is a beast on that defense uh, for for the Titans but if there's uh, you know the 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 biggest strength on this offensive line is its interior and so a big challenge for Tooney and Humphrey and Trey Smith here against Jeffrey Simmons who plays a lot like Chris Jones. He is a big boy. He's a load. And he's going to get after the quarterback and, and play well against the run too. So it, this will tie in all my thoughts too, like about the defense and everything. So I mean, get to Blaine. The, the Chiefs are going to sell out against the run. They are going to force whoever is the quarterback for the Titans to beat them through the air. And that's going to have to – and when, when we've seen that happen, right, um, the Chiefs have given up a lot of a lot of yards and touchdowns through the air. Um, when we've seen that happen, right, it's been like really high-level players, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and, and others. It, you're dealing with Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook, Akina, Austin Hooper, Cody Hollister. Like, looking at those players and getting McDuffie back to, looking at those players, the Chiefs can just flat out outscore the Tennessee Titans. Like that's part of the reason I'm so confident guys. They, so they, they knew they would have to stop the run against the 49ers and they just hung 40 on them. Like, I think this game looks differently. I respect the hell out of the Titans. I know you guys are saying this stuff all day. I respect Vrabel too. I am not nervous at all. Like the chiefs are going to outscore this team. And if they, if, if they don't like, it's just, it's, it's, there's no need to be nervous or scared or anxious. Like it's just embarrassing. And you got to get back to the drawing board. The chiefs got embarrassed by this team last year. And what happened? They hosted the AFC championship game. Blaine, final thoughts. Yeah. I'm going to, 
I'm, I'm hating to be this guy, Johnny. I love it. I think the Chiefs can do that. But it worries me that, you know, I didn't say scared. I said it just worries me that Tennessee. Oh, you said scared in the text thread, bud. I, I have received. I've received. Totally did, didn't just say it, though. Pisses me off. Titans have the best run defense in the NFL. Number one, ranked against the rush. Why? Because their interior defensive line is freaking good. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best players in the NFL, one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the NFL. Yes, Johnny, I agree. Our interior offensive line is good. But we were questioning it if it was early in the season and multiple weeks this week if it was good. This is a tell-all game for me if the Kansas City Chiefs can run the football and can establish. If they can, they hang 40. If they can't, this game's going under. I like what the Titans have defensively. They get Elijah Molden back at cornerback. They got two good safeties. They are really good on the front. I mean, it's a test. This is maybe more of a test for Pat in this offense than it was against San Francisco because San Francisco was coming back from a lot of guys being banged up, and the Titans have been really good week after week after week and got a lot of momentum on the defensive side of the football. So I agree that the Chiefs can score. But I just really think that it's a it's a bigger test than a lot of us are thinking. And Pat Mahomes, like I said, said it that this is one of the best defensive lines they've seen all year, and and they feel it. So show it. Yep, I love it, and I absolutely love the Andy Reid stat off a of bye. Um, such an advantage, such an awesome stat. It up. And it's going to be a freaking awesome Sunday night football game and one that the Chiefs can absolutely dominate. I do believe that they can dominate if they show up ready to go ready to play, Arrowhead will be on fire, no excuses. This game must be won on Sunday night against the against the Tennessee Titans for our beloved Kansas City Chiefs. Um, boys, I think that's a great spot to wrap it up. John, do you have a final thought for the week, week nine? Johnny Rowe, final thought, give it to us, brother. No radio this week, but thank you for those who have listened to us in the past. Uh, we should be back on next Friday as long as we iron some things out there. Uh, logistically and yeah just you know with it being week nine like it's about to get to a point where football looks a little bit different across the league it's getting colder uh a lot of these teams are going to be you know it it suits a lot of these teams who like to run more than these teams that like to pass more um and so we're going to see really what teams are made of as we go forward because this is when real football starts going and i am so thrilled for it and i am so so bought into the Chiefs kicking ass on Sunday night. Let's go. I love it. Well, boys, another awesome episode of the Figure It Out podcast to the listeners. This could be the last time you ever hear my voice. I will be getting surgery tomorrow morning at 1130. (laughs) I'm hoping that I come out on the other side, but some of those things you just never know. So if this is the last time, it's been a great run. If not, back next week, NFL Week 10. We'll be here before we know it. Johnny Blaine, appreciate your time as always. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later, okay? Be thinking about you, Chandler. Have a good haircut. Yeah, we will. See you, boys. <laughs>